Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this evening, this morning, tonight, wherever you may be listening. We are broadcasting around the world on the Fringe FM as we are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Also broadcasting through TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app. You can download the Paranormal Radio app for free and the Fringe FM app for free just by going to your mobile app store. And if you missed any of our past episodes or you'd like to download some of those shows and take them with you, you can listen, you can stream, you can download all of the past episodes of The Secret Teachings after they air by subscribing to the archive on our website. You'll get access to the archive for the shows, the montages. There are about 70-something montages and counting and access to my digital books as well, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Those books are on the website. Physical and digital copies are available individually, or you get a free copy when you subscribe to the archive to get everything I just mentioned, and with a year subscription, a physical copy of one of those books. And when you do that, you help to keep the secret teachings on air, again, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, and allow us to continue to do what we do, something that we would probably be unable to do on most radio networks. And as a result of that, the Fringe FM is hosting a Fringe FM Radiothon starting in a couple of hours, uh, Saturday morning, hosted primarily by Joe Roop of Lighting the Void and, of course, owner of the Fringe FM, who's allowed us to do what we've done here on The Secret Teachings for a little over three years now. That Radiothon, again, will start Saturday morning, so basically in a couple of hours. That's Saturday morning Eastern Time, and I will actually be the first live show starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on The Fringe. You'll be able to call in and talk to us. Joe and I should be talking on the show, and I'm not exactly sure what we're going to get into yet, but that is the Fringe FM Radiothon starting Saturday morning. Other ways... If you want to support The Secret Teachings and help yourself, just because we have some books and subscriptions doesn't mean that we're just trying to promote ourselves or the network or anything else. We have a bunch of other companies we work with, including US Plus Health, a company that sells cleaning products that are made in America, and they have no toxic chemicals or ingredients added to them. They offer 20% off for all listeners of The Secret Teachings with the promo code TSTCLEAN, and of course, something that everybody needs, a water filter. And we have an affiliate program with Pro One Water Filters. You can find the link to Pro One Water Filters, US Plus Health, and everything you need to know about the Fringe FM Radiothon and The Secret Teachings at www.thesecretteachings.info. 
If you'd like to contact us, the email is rdgable, that's rdgable, at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. I'm also joined this evening by my good friend and occasional co-host, Mike D. And Mike D. has been with us since pretty much the beginning of radio. In fact, he was listening to radio before I got into radio uh, at a local college radio station in Central Florida. And Mike has been with us over the years to talk about things that we wouldn't be allowed to talk about on other radio networks. And sometimes there are topics that it's not that you're not allowed to talk about them, but there are some people that talk about them and they do so in a very poor manner. One of the ways in which we analyze subjects on this show is by doing extensive, detailed research. We don't take things for people's word. We don't take people's word for it. Uh, We don't just listen to what social media says or we don't just listen to what the latest YouTube conspiracy video is. We like to analyze things in the real world, and we like to look beyond the real world into the mystical, into the magical, into the esoteric, and into the occult to find things that otherwise might be overlooked. And one of the things that I found before I bring Mike D in here on the broadcast is that the 2021 Tokyo Olympics commenced today or yesterday morning. You know, time zones are kind of hard to figure out when. The Olympics are in Japan. I'm on the East Coast of the United States. My show's airing at 2 a.m. Eastern time. That makes it, you know, what, 13 hours ahead. It's like 2 or 3 in the afternoon in Japan. Uh, So the 2021 Tokyo Olympics commenced earlier today or yesterday morning after a year-long postponement. And while protesters demanded cancellation of the games, and they're still protesting, the opening ceremony unfolded in a very dull demonstration of ritual in front of a mostly empty stadium. A couple of the organizers for the opening ceremony were let go recently and earlier this year because of past jokes or comments that they had made, some as old as 30 years, uh, despite the International Olympic Committee pledging to punish any display of racial, political, or gender propaganda during the main events. So they didn't seem like they were going to take a response that was pro-social justice or something along the lines of what we call woke culture. So a lot of conflicting things happening with the Olympics. Uh, A number of athletes have stated that they wanted to either burn the American flag on the podium or they wanted to acknowledge no country. Uh, They didn't want to perform for any country. You know, they wanted all the perks of it, but they didn't want to, you know, acknowledge the country they played for. So uh, what I was thinking about and what Mike and I were talking about was that while some are concerned over perceived social injustices relating to race or gender, and others are concerned of viruses and things like this, there's no mention that for hundreds of years, the Olympics were one-sided. Only only men were allowed to participate. Women were not allowed to participate in the games up up until relatively recently. Uh, Nobody's talking about how the para-Olympian, Becca Myers, who's blind and deaf, who has three gold medals, she's world-class, dropped out of the Olympics because she was unable to bring an aide or a parent to the games because of virus restrictions. But this month of July is considered Disability Awareness Month. No disability awareness for Becca Myers, though. And, of course, Japan is still dealing with a disastrous nuclear situation uh, that's had devastating consequences to Japan and the rest of the world, Fukushima. Uh, Simmering underneath of all of this is an eerie connection between the 2021 games 
and a 1988 Japanese anime called Akira. In the film, set in 2019, the Olympic Stadium is being built in Tokyo with a sign that says there were only 147 days left until the Games. And underneath of that sign in the movie that came out in 1988, graffiti read, just cancel it. Kind of indicative of cancel culture, but also it just happens to be that 147 days prior to the 2020 Games, news outlets around the world began calling to cancel the Games. And in March of 2020, about a month later, the Prime Minister of Japan did just that. Even though the Games continued in 2021, they lack the flair and the energy of a true sport, showing once again that even the bread and circuses of the old world are, be, are, are really to be tarnished and burned on the altar of the new gods. And now people want to get rid of the Olympic torch relay, too, because they said it's Hitlerian. I mean, wh- what is going on, Mike D., my good friend, co-hosting with us this evening? Howdy, howdy. How you doing? Howdy, my friend. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I like the Olympics. I just wish that it wasn't so political. Well, with the, uh, you know, not allowed to show political uh, symbols uh, or body movements, what have you, they are allowed to do that during the interview process. So they can wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt during the, the interview. Uh, if they get interviewed on TV, they are, they're allowed to express those uh opinions also you know during uh, backstage also getting ready for events or allowed to wear their little headbands and whatnot so uh you know they're still allowed to do it it's just not on broadcasted on tv or on the podium well actually during the interviews yes you'll probably see some of that um some of that rhetoric uh when they're doing actually interviews and if they do those interviews on tv well, a, fr- a friend of mine, uh, Joseph Lavelle, who's a listener, he texted me and he said uh, earlier this evening that, uh, well, it didn't happen earlier this evening, but he texted me earlier this evening and said that one of the, he said the Swedish or one of the one of these soccer teams, they they uh, knelt during the national anthem um, to protest racial inequality or something like that. And he said, wasn't that banned by the International Olympic Committee? And I thought, yeah, it is, but apparently they're not going to punish that. You know, I mean, the thing is, though, even though I don't really want to see politics involved in sports in this way, uh, politics have always been involved in sports and they've always been involved in the Olympics. But um, I was reading today about the Olympics and I mean, it's probably obvious to a lot of people, but women were not allowed to participate in the Olympics for literally thousands of years. It was only men. So I don't see how there can be strictly women categories for the Olympics, and, and there's still this, this idea that there's some kind of sexual inequality, yet I think that the sexual inequality comes about, Mike, if there is any, when you have uh, people that like Laurel Hubbard of New Zealand, who's an actual man, who's going to be participating in the over 87 kilogram weightlifting category with women who physically, no matter how hard they train, are not going to be able to lift as much as this giant man, Laurel Hubbard. I feel like that's sexual inequality. I feel like that's gender inequality. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, the, uh, the man transmission, transitioning to a female still has that body mass and weight uh, those thicker bones, that muscle mass, it's definitely not fair for female athletes at all. And, uh, to let them, to, to have them be allowing that is just, is ludicrous. I, I just, I don't understand it. You know, well, you know Very what, strange. 
the the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, they do have uh, guidelines for trans athletes. They have to have a testosterone level below 10 m uh, nmol l, or which is na- nanomoles per liter. Uh, and there was another uh, American runner, Cisse Telfer, who's a trans woman who was ruled ineligible to compete because they didn't meet the guidelines of having the right testosterone level. So there is some kind of guideline on it. But rather than hear about people that didn't meet the guideline, they've they've heavily promoted Laurel Hubbard, who is an actual man who's going to probably dominate the women's category. And yet there are people that want to burn the American flag for sexual gender inequality. And yet there are men participating in, in, in the women's division. It's just very confusing to me. Yeah, watch the uh, the trans trans lose on purpose and be like, "See, look, I tell you, women can can beat the man." <laughs> that would that would just that would, I think my head would explode at that point. I really wouldn't know how to put that together. Let me let me ask you this: You know what they're doing? You know what they're doing though? Instead of uh, handing out gold, silver, bronze medals, they're, they're handing out boost COVID booster shots. Oh, I'm sure that they are. I'm sure that they are. I mean, that's a coveted shot, Mike. Well, yeah. well you know what? Yesterday, you and I were talking uh, before the opening ceremony, which was very just drab and dull. Uh, You know, people will say, well, there was a pyramid and they lit a torch. Well, yeah, there's always a torch. There's always a cauldron. That's kind of the whole point. But nevertheless, we were talking about this and you said something like, you know, there's going to be needles dancing around on stage inoculating people. And I said, is that are you serious? Is that real? I mean, that just sounded like something that would be going on at at the opening ceremony. With everything that's been going on, I just, I can believe that. And that's not what happened, but. Yeah, you know, I, I said that, but yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happened. Like they had some kind of, you know, plants where the, the, the boost where the shot got stuck into the soil and the plant grew into a, a giant tree. <laughs> <laughs> but- well, if, if you're looking, you know. if you're looking for rituals of, of shots and needles, did you watch the, uh, I think it was, it happened on new year's Eve, the countdown at the Seattle space needle for the new year. I did not see that. Oh my God, Mike, you have to watch this and anybody listening, if you haven't watched it or you haven't heard our show on it, we did a show on it back at the beginning of this year, 2021. Uh, they did some kind of light show at the Seattle space needle and they basically injected this substance into the sky. So it was like a vaccine or a shot into the sky. And then in the sky, in this light show, a strand of DNA splits. And then these two humanoid faces or these heads, they split into like two humans. Very bizarre. I mean, it kind of signified genetic engineering and creating a whole nother race of human being. Very bizarre. But, but but kind of like what you're saying, they just didn't do it at the Olympics. They did it at the uh, the New Year's party. Yeah, they they like they love to throw that transhumanism stuff out there. Now it's getting more prevalent. Well, why do you, what's the first part of that word? Think about that. What's the first part of the word yeah. transhumanism? Why exactly. do you think trans trans? Yeah, it's not about being gay or straight anymore. It's about not being a human at all. And that's what's been promoted across the board in universities and schools, psychologists, doctors, uh, think tanks, uh, the Tavistock Institute. Uh, You know, I think the governor of the Tavistock Institute quit a couple of years ago because he said they were just exploiting and and, and abusing kids. And just they're pushing them to remove sexual organs and putting them on gene therapy and 
or hormone therapy as well. I mean, just it's so it's so it's all eugenics is really what it's it's based I, in eugenics. I just read an article that uh, in California. I don't know if it's the, the whole state or different counties, but jails are allowing uh, transgenders to let's say like a, a man transitions to a woman, they, she get it he whatever gets put into the woman's facility, and the women are complaining that they're being um, abused and raped by these transgenders, which a lot of them still have their male genitalia, right? Um, so isn't that, that's just a craziness. It's just a gift from God is all that it is. I think that's what they call it in California. They call it a gift. It's like, it's legal to give people HIV in California. They passed a law. It's also legal to... Exactly. If, yeah, exactly. If, yep. you're, if you're like uh, 25 and you rape a 15-year-old, I think that's considered consensual sex now, too. As long as you're within 10 years of age... Even rape is considered consent now. I mean, poor. I mean, if you're in California, you need you need to get out. Either that, or like Northern California needs to break off. Um, that state is just. It's, it's going to be instead of Escape from New York, which is coming. It's going to be first the movie Escape from California. It's going to be <laughs> first. Hey, did you do you remember the nineteen? I think it was nineteen eighty four Olympics in Los Angeles. Remember the opening ceremony. I do not know. Tell you me don't? about it. You got you got to look this up. I think it was I think it was 1984. I'm just doing this by memory. 1984 Olympics. They had an unidentified flying object or a UAP nowadays uh, descend onto the stage, and this green-looking alien got out of the spaceship and waved to the audience. And I thought, well, that that's kind of important. I, I, I suspect because you know it's like that was the arrival in the 80s, and now by 2021, you have a totally sterile you know, opening ceremony, sterile, just void of all life with the exception of the flaming torch, uh, just really stale, uh, kind of like a doctor's office, just w- very white, not very colorful. And it just kind of indicates where, where human civilization is being carried by the people that are pushing transhumanism and the people that are pushing gene therapy shots and restricting people's speech because you're concerned about people's emotions and feelings or you're concerned about them spreading misinformation about medical things when they're quoting mainline medicine. You know, this is we're entering a very dark period. And what I find that's even darker than people's perception of it is that I read this article, Mike, about the uh, the Olympic torch relay. And uh, this was from Yahoo Sports. Uh, Thursday this week, the 21st. It says, Tokyo promises another iconic Olympic torch relay despite a hideous history behind the tradition. And I thought, a hideous history? What, what did they do? Did they use, like, human flesh? You know, to, did they burn that in the torch? Did, was the torch made out of, like, baby bones or something? And it basically just says it was Hitler's idea uh, in the run-up to the 1936 Summer Olympics in Berlin. And Hitler wanted to link the games as past in ancient Greece with its presence in Germany. And that's pretty much it. That's that's that was the history of it. And there really wasn't any additional detail. And so they there are people now that want to get rid of the Olympic torch. And I thought, well of, of all things to get rid of, I mean we could argue a lot of things if you want to censor and cancel and ban things, why get rid of the torch? Isn't the torch supposed to signify something much deeper and much more important about the human race, kind of like the rings of the Olympics, like it unites and brings people together? but they want to ban that because Hitler liked it. Like how far is this going to go? 
Well, you know, compared to this year, I think Hitler brought more fanfare and excitement to of the game. Of course he did. Than we have this year. <laughs> so if you want to, you know, you want to ban anything, you might have to ban the Olympics period because Hitler hosted the, the Olympics in Berlin. He did. He hosted which, the, so was the first, the first Olympics ever be televised. The Germans, act, That's Germans right. actually televised it, which was incredible back in what year was that? 36 or something. Else. 36. 36. Yep. Incredible. 1936. Uh, and okay. So here, here's something else that I read about today. Uh, this came out on the 22nd, so this was also Thursday. Uh, the opening ceremony for the Tokyo Games is in shambles after its show director was dismissed for making anti-Semitic comments. Uh, Kintaro Kobayashi resigned after a clip of him mocking the Holocaust in a 1990s TV skit circulated online. So I did some research on this guy, Mike, and he is not some bigot. He was a comedian. He was telling jokes in the 90s. That's all. And he said, uh, the Holocaust, in relation to the Holocaust, he said it's kind of like a, quote, let's massacre Jewish people game. I don't really get the context of the joke, but people thought it was funny in the 90s. You know, this is 2021. This was like 30 years ago, and they, he wrote, they said they let him go, but he resigned because there was a TV clip of this guy in the 90s making a five. statement of five words that people today don't, don't like. So that, that you got to get rid of him. No, you're absolutely correct. He was a comedian. And if you've ever seen Japanese game shows... They're weird, man. To Americans. You know how crazy and just, just, just obscene that they, they get. So for this guy to crack a joke back in the 90s, one joke, I mean, give me a break. I mean, it just shows the level of national socialism that is, uh, that is, uh, is on right now going on right now and you know anything that you posted on your social media your myspace days you know can be brought against you it's just it's just it's craziness i mean you know what because we have everything online now uh, it, just think about it like this if we didn't have everything online this would be like people going into you know everybody kind of keeps a file from high school or something or your parents keep a file of like art drawings you did or, you know, an English paper you wrote. Just imagine, Mike, you know, you're a little older than I am, but imagine your parents. You go to your parents' house and, like, buried somewhere deep in a box in, like, a closet or in a basement or in an attic. There's, like, a paper you wrote in the 1980s, and there's a word in it that we're not allowed to use anymore. And because you wrote that word in the 80s on a piece of paper in, in freaking crayon, you know, on high school ruled paper lines, uh, you get fired from your job in 2021. That's the absurdity of this. It just seems more important because it's all digital now, but it's no different than going back to that high school or that middle school paper that you wrote. Yeah, agreed, one hundred percent. It's a, it's very bizarre. That's why you know, I'm not on a lot of social media because it's just uh, first off, it's a waste of time. You know, it's so funny. You have these these millennials and these Gen Zs. I saw a video where this girl was trying to fact check someone else, and she's like, "Well." She was trying to get statistics on blacks and, and jail jail rates, jail time. And she's like, I don't think that's true. Hold on. She pulls out her phone and she tries to Google. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was that the Steven Crowder one? Yes. Oh, yes. my God, man. Yeah, I've seen that one a long time ago. Someone showed that I to think, me. You, you remember what that creature looked like? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, he said. Yeah, she does her research from her phone. 
he said something to her about, he said, don't you think that's a little bit biased considering that it comes from the, the, the NAACP? And she's like, well, how would that be bias? He's like, well, it's coming from an organization that shares your ideology. So it's, it's going to be bias. And she didn't even know what the word bias meant. I don't know if that was the same video, but it, I think it was, it's, I think it, I think it, I think it was, it's just, you know, they've never been in a, a library before um, <laughs> or, or read a book. But they know everything because they Googled it. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, you don't even have to Google it anymore. You can just ask Google. Google, is this <laughs> statement true? You use your fingers. Just, just speak it to your phone. <laughs> okay, so you've got not only this guy. Listen to this, Mike. Kentaro Kobayashi. And, and you're right. Like, as an American Japanese culture, I love Japanese culture. I'm draw- I was actually going to go to Japan uh, in 2019. Uh, I had been planning it for 2020. Didn't turn out. Uh, as, as I planned um, at the same time, I was planning on going to Saudi Arabia. I know someone who lives there who invited me over there uh, that didn't pan out either. Uh, but it's it's, you know, other things about Japanese culture, just like our, our American culture is very probably bizarre to Japanese people. But I can tell you that you watch like Japanese comedy. It's it's very like harsh. It's very cutthroat. A lot of Asian uh, comedy is. Uh, and so there is this there's this other person who was on the Olympic um committee uh in march hiroshi sasaki resigned after it was revealed i think that you'll find this one you know most entertaining revealed that he suggested a plus-sized japanese entertainer naomi watanabe could dress up as the olympig the olympig by descending from the ceiling in a pink outfit now not necessarily my kind of joke it's a little tasteless but you shouldn't be fired from your job for for making making that joke. I don't think the no, not the Olympic. So. I think yeah, I, I think the most <laughs> most of the world uh, thinks that America is is overweight. Uh, we have a problem with obesity here, uh, so I don't. I don't well, this was a, that offense at all. This was a Japanese entertainer, Naomi Watanabe. I guess she's a larger lady. I mean, if she's Japanese, I can't imagine she's that large. She's not like Tess Holiday, right? Right. I mean, at least at least the Olympics in Japan, they can still be attached to wires and hoisted up. I don't think Tess Holiday could be hoisted up. So at least at least they yeah. can still lower them from the ceiling in Japan. <laughs> in Japan, if Japan isn't showing a Halo ice cream commercials with the uh, you know overweight women yes, in yes. running around their apartment, yes. saying they can eat what they want. So okay, so my point here is, Mike Kentaro Kobayashi. This guy makes a joke in the '90s. He's gone. Hiroshi Sasaki just says, like, yeah, this woman could dress up like the Olympic. He's gone. Yoshiro Mori, uh, the president of the Tokyo Olympics, was also forced to step down after he made a sexist remark uh, during an Olympic committee meeting. He, I guess he looked at a woman and said, you talk too much. And uh, so he had to go, just like Papa John's working, you know, for his own company, getting squeezed out for making a comment in a private meeting. Um, and then there's another uh, person, Oyamada uh, Kigo Oyamada, a composer for the Tokyo Games, uh, who did some really horrific stuff uh, in school. I guess he bullied, or they bullied a, a schoolmate, and they made someone eat feces like that. That's pretty horrific. But my, my point is, four people that worked for the Olympics, all of them get removed. And then, on top of having no fans in the stadium, you have uh, an opening ceremony that just kind of looks like a doctor's office, is it any wonder when you've canceled and shut down and banned the people that could have maybe made it better? 
I mean, th- this is just the epitome, the, 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 the microcosm of what happens when you ban and you burn and you cancel the past. You make the present stale and sterile. And that's exactly what not only the opening ceremony of the Olympics looked like and pretty much every Olympic event where there there won't be fans, but that's what the whole world is becoming. It's becoming this sterile operating room where nothing is funny anymore, no matter if it's offensive or not. And everything thus becomes offensive and everybody becomes virtuous for being a victim. This is the world that's being created. And the Olympics, although they said they're going to ban all this racial political display of what they call propaganda, the IOC called propaganda, it's just a sterile presentation that doesn't really have any energy to it. It's kind of depressing. Yeah, you, you have this small group of people that uh, unfortunately have some positions of power that are trying to change things in their, in, in their mind and their likeness, uh, but they are definitely the minority. Um, you know, recently... Just to get off topic a little bit, the Cleveland Indians finally got rid of uh, the name Indians. They're now the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yes, that's happened um, recently. So you go online, you know, a lot of these the old Cleveland gear is now going up in price. If people are buying it up to to, to save it, uh, you know, with the, they have the mascot, what they call the chief. Uh, the Indians call the chief. Uh, that apparel is, is basically selling out. People are buying it up left and right because it's going to be changed soon. Well, did you, Cleveland did, Guardians. Did you hear that the the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, they're going to change their logo and name now? Do you know that? I did not know. What are they changing it to? They're going to change it to the Tampa Bay Fair Weather because lightning scares dogs and thunder scares dogs and kids. It's a little offensive, so they're going to change it to the Tampa Bay Fair Weather. And it's going to have a nice sunny day on the front of the uniform. Yeah. Yeah. I can't have those professional guard dogs at the airport with pointy ears because they, they might scare, they, they scare people. <laughs> Isn't that the point of having those dogs walk around the airport is to deter terrorists? Yeah, that is the point. That is the point. I mean, you know, my, that statement I just made sounds absurd, but it also sounds like that could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw that tomorrow morning in the news, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you could get rid of you know the it's offensive New York Giants. Well, what about you know? What about the, the midgets? York, uh, what about the New York midgets? Yeah, yeah, New York midgets. Okay, yeah. you have to draw Giants. Got to change that or include include the New York Giant midgets. <laughs> yeah. Well, the midgets would be the uh, the midgets or the, the the dwarfs would be that would be like the minor league team, right? That'd be like the, right. Yeah, that so like the NHL oh, I'm has sorry. the. I'm sorry, it's the, it's the little it's the little people I preferred. The New York little, little people. people. Yeah. Well, well, why not? I mean, you. Ha- so here's a question I have for you. And this is this is really getting to me. I don't see anybody else talking about this. There, There's a, a deaf, blind Paralympian girl, uh, Becker Myers. Now, I don't know what her view of the world is. Uh, I have no idea what her personal opinion is. I've just read a few statements she's made. But she won three gold medals, okay? Being blind and deaf, this girl could, no pun intended, blow me out of the water. All right. She can't see and she's deaf. She won three gold medals. And rather than competing for the United States in the Paralympics as like the Michael Phelps of the deaf and blind community and of the the disabled Olympians, she's not going to compete because Tokyo says you can't bring an assistant with you because they could help to spread COVID-19. 
I mean, that sounds absurd for so many reasons, but especially because this is a this is a severe medical problem. She obviously can't see or can't hear. She needs someone to guide her. But no, you can't do that. You can't bring a parent because of COVID restrictions. That is the cold, callous world that we are slowly becoming a part of, that is slowly being built around us. And while they say that, you can't bring your assistant, even though you're blind and deaf, nobody has an issue with it. Nobody cares, even though it's Disability Awareness Month here in the United States and in other parts of the world. And while people are not upset about that, they're really upset about uh, this, uh, this one athlete. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you remember this, this woman, Shakari Richardson, who was suspended for marijuana. And everybody's upset saying it's because she was black and we need to change the marijuana laws. And it's like, well, maybe we do. But she knew the policy before she, you know, smoked some weed. She tested positive. She's not allowed to participate. I think that that's a pretty straightforward, clear-cut case. But people are more upset about that than they are about actual disabled people literally being discriminated against because of some ridiculous COVID restriction. Yeah, it's well, it's, it is completely ridiculous because a lot of besides the athletes, you have a plethora of people there that are not athletes that are doctors, assistants, yeah, uh, media. So this poor girl is this. Uh, I, I don't. Again, it's one of those one of those things where I just I don't understand. You know, it's all about and you're right, control. And you're right. The media is not is not talking about it at all. At all. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares about Becca Myers. They care about Shakari Richardson because they have a vested interest because they want to legalize marijuana across the country. And they think that athletes should be able to smoke weed before before a, an Olympic game or something to that effect. Even though the Olympic Committee clearly outlines the drug uh, guidelines and what you can and can't do. Uh, it's not like it's a hidden policy. And uh, the funny thing is, even Shakari Richardson, uh, who looks like she could really mess me up. Um, she's a pretty tough looking girl. She uh, she's wasn't complaining that it had anything to do with race. She was just saying that, you know, I think I think it was her mother died or something and she was very, you know, she's depressed and distraught or something like that happened. So she smoked some weed. Big deal. Still you're still suspended, but everybody in the media made that about race. That's not about race. You violated an IOC policy. That's the bottom line. You're out. It doesn't matter if you're white. Doesn't matter if you're black. That's the bottom line. Why does everything have to be about color? Why does everything have to be about your sexual preference? It, that again creates a sterile world that looks like the opening ceremony of the Olympics. It's just totally sterile, totally cold. It's worse than a doctor's office. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, and it's just like it's hard to watch and to participate in. And I think that's another reason people just withdraw further and further into their homes and tell the world to leave me alone. Yeah, I mean, remember a couple of years ago, the even you know the Winter Olympics was getting more uh, hype and and excitement. Um, they had that Sean, um, I forgot his name. He was the uh, snowboarder. And, oh yeah, um, yeah, I remember that guy. It, yeah, it was like a different time back then. You know, it was just like uh, more excitement. I don't remember any anything political going on in those in those um, Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics in that time frame. 
And uh, nowadays, it's this, this activism. You know, you call yourself an activist. Now, what does that actually mean? You're, you're an activist for what? For your own beliefs? Or the beliefs you think people should believe or have? Well, that's, that's like uh, Gwen Berry, the, the uh, U.S. Uh, track and field uh, woman. Or maybe she doesn't want to be called a woman, but Gwen Berry, she like, she's a hammer thrower. Did you hear about her? Uh, is, she, is she the one that's um, turned her back during yeah. the national anthem? Yeah, yeah and, and, she had the, and she pulled up a shirt that said, just what you said, she had a shirt that said activist athlete. And then she claimed that she was set up with the national anthem when she turned, although she already had a shirt ready to go. So she doesn't. She didn't even stand by her protest. She protested and then claimed that it was a setup, even though she got to promote her message. And what her message was, I don't know, because I'm sitting here in studio tonight. I, I don't. I don't think I could throw a regular hammer. You know, more than a couple of feet. I can't do what these people do. These people make either tens of thousands or millions of dollars their their country effectively takes care of them i mean you probably have to go through an unbelievable amount of heartache and and financial strain before you can get to a position where where you represent your country but these people are like in subway commercials and they're making money and they get to travel the world and they do nothing but train and yet they're somehow still oppressed i i don't get that if it's like if you're white and and participate then you know you are you're just a representation of the system. But if you're not white and you participate, you're just being used by the. I don't. I just don't get what is the logic and the mindset here, and why is it that it's it's like five people that make this an issue, and everybody else at the Olympics, like they did a big poll, the IOC did, and like over over half, like more. I think it was like three quarters of the athletes that participated all said. We want nothing to do with this political propaganda. We just came here to compete and win a medal. That's all that we want to do. Well, I don't get why like five people have to make this an issue, an international issue. Exactly. Most of uh, the other athletes do uh, actually don't like the politics uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the sports at all. Well, so it's a little minority, of course, because we, I mean, we know, I mean, because the media is controlled and they pump this stuff out. Like you think that it's uh, the vast majority of, of, of people believe this or support this and they don't. People don't. Do you think that would fly with like North Korean Olympians or like Soviet Olympians or even like Nazi German Olympians if they were just to go? Well, not, like, not even not, not even not, not even like, uh, even like Hungary, you know, Poland, uh, uh, Austria, Russia, those countries would not have that. Uh, you, they, uh, you, they would not have that period to begin with. No, because uh, we don't. They don't. Those countries don't have that mentality that we do, where you know you're oppressed, but yet you're flown out to these events. Your food is paid for. You're paid as an athlete. You, you got free scholarships, and you're you're oppre- you're oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it like this: What do you think would happen to Chelsea Wolf? the BMX freestyle rider. What do you think would happen to this person? I'm saying person because they claim they're transgender. Chelsea Wolf says, and this is a quote, this is a quote from, uh, from their Facebook page, March of 2020, quote, my goal is to win the Olympics so I can burn a U.S. flag on the podium. What would happen to you, Chelsea Wolf, if you were in North Korea? You wouldn't have a chance. 
to compete in the Olympics, they would never find your body in North Korea. Right. So to have the even freedom to say that, you're lucky that you live in America. Precisely. These people, these these, these things are, you know, uh, I think most athlete activists are paid by China. You got your LeBron James, you got your John Zenas, you know, that's uh, John Zena, the professional wrestler that said uh, during an interview that uh, Taiwan was a country uh, immediately uh, back after his handlers from China got a hold of them, backtracked, got on state-run Beijing uh, television in Chinese and apologized to the people of China. Really? I didn't see that. Taiwan a country. I didn't yes, see this that. Was about two, this was about two months ago, and he did it in uh, Chinese, too. Uh, just, uh, and this was uh, about... This is soon to uh, his new movie coming out, Suicide Squad or whatever that uh. he's into. Uh, so they're just, uh, of course, LeBron James not standing up for the people of Hong Kong uh, because the NBA is makes a lot of money in China. That was told by its handlers. So you know you got these complete sellouts. You know that shouldn't even be in America. You should be living in China. That's where they should be living. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You can use the open American system of free speech and free expression, but when you use it to stifle other people's free speech and free expression, you lose your right to have free speech and free expression and free protest, etc., because you're trying to harm other people and you're trying to suppress other people while claiming that you're oppressed because other people don't like what you're saying, which is the whole point of free speech protected by federal law to begin with. And you don't have the same right in some countries to say you would burn the flag of the country that is paying and feeding and sending you to those games, you know? Yeah. Hey, maybe uh, the women's soccer, maybe they, uh, they were foregoing scoring as a form of protest. <laughs> and that's why they got beat zero to five or four, whatever it was. Zero oh, they were zero five by, by Sweden. I, I got to be honest. I didn't watch anything yet. I, I, I had to sign up for like a Peacock account, which I don't like because I don't like NBC, but I, it's like five bucks I paid for it to watch some of the later games. I want to watch basketball because I want to watch LeBron James get obliterated, hopefully. Uh, don't I don't dislike the rest of the team, but I just want to see LeBron James lose. And then I want to just watch the sport of the rest of the Olympics, you know. I want to watch some football. I like soccer, uh, but I, I, I haven't seen anything yet. So they lost five to nothing. Yeah, well, that's they got be- blown out by, by by Sweden, and they were heavy, heavy, heavy favorites to win the gold medal this year. What was her name? Or Megan Rap- Rapaponi or something? See, I'm not sure. See, this is what happens uh, when you're wearing... Pink, pink hair, team captain. Yeah, see, she probably wasn't even playing. She was in the locker room making sure her hair was pink enough for the game. That's probably why they lost 5 nothing. I mean, that's, that just kind of epitomizes and sums it all up, isn't it? The, the, the ceremony at the beginning showed you how sterile, how stale, and how cold this thinking and this ideology and all the restrictions and the lockdowns of not only cities and, and, and people's homes, but people's speech. It shows you what kind of world that creates. And when you focus on the stuff like, you know, Laurel Hubbard and the soccer person with the pink hair and you ignore you know deaf blind paralympians during disability month and then you lose five to nothing that's what you deserve not the rest of the team the rest of the team they might be they might be uh, great women but that's what you deserve it's just it's disgusting why can't it just be maybe i'm too idealistic but why can't it just be about the sport there's there's actually three good women on a team those are the ones that didn't kneel and stood up Ah. uh 
They should be. No, there were three applauded. There were three. Yeah, they should actually get gold medals themselves. Yeah, because as a team captain, uh, this woman, this Megan woman, uh, you know, she controls the team, uh, playtime, uh, everything else. So you know, those women, poor women in the locker room. You know, they took a heat. They had the heat come down on from the team captain. Like, why didn't you support us? You should have been on your knees. You, you know, you're making it look bad. Same thing with the uh, the NBA, LeBron James, uh, from an ex NBA player who was uh, in the locker room, uh, talked about this on his YouTube channel, that a lot of these athletes uh, kneeling are only doing so because the team captain, like a LeBron James, is actually making them do it. Because if they didn't do it. Being the team captain, he's got power of the team. He can limit your playing time. Uh, he can bash, uh, you know, bash you in the locker room, give you heat, go to the coach, take you out of games, and basically that's, uh, you know, their millions. That's their income. So they're doing it, of course, for, for the money. For if the they money. had real values and morals, they still would stand up. But these, these, I mean, they're kids. You know, a lot of these athletes and these, they're twenty-something years old. Uh, you know, and they're not grown adults yet. So they could be easily swayed by like a. LeBron James or this Megan Rapaponi, whatever her name well, is. Well, that's that's kind, that's kind of like Dark Matter Radio when we were on, right? I was basically a kid. You're you're a little older than I am, Mike. But you know, Art Bell comes and says, "Listen, you can't talk about pedophilia. Can't talk about the church." I mean, at least we had the wherewithal to say, "Well, um, what we're saying is documented. What we're saying is factual. It's not liable or slanderous, and you can cut us, kick us off if you want to." That ended up being the end result. Uh, obviously, you're you're right. A lot of these kids are much much younger, and LeBron James is a god to them, probably, or at least you know it's an honor to play with LeBron James. So they just do what they're told. Plus, all yeah, all their money is on the line. They just got their big contracts. I mean, it's no surprise. It, it makes perfect sense. But I wish there was a way that like Team USA could win and LeBron James could lose. Right. I want to see everybody get a gold right. medal except LeBron James. Well, um, he actually got uh, beat in the playoffs, so that 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 was good. It's a start. The, I didn't watch it, but he got kicked out. They lost in the playoffs, so that's that was good. Well, you know what? You know about you know tribalism in sports is. I mean, for some people, it's kind of fun. It can be fun to kind of pick on you know other people if it's all in uh, a fun environment. But remember the Super Bowl this year? People were upset. They didn't care about the football. Even it was all about how Tom Brady didn't wear a mask into Raymond James Stadium. I hope Tom Brady loses the Super Bowl. I hope the Buccaneers lose and never win another game. You know, screw Tom Brady. He brings his own water to the games. He's 40-something years old. He eats, an, he eats an organic, clean diet with no inflammatory vegetables. You know, I hope he loses. Like, what, 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 what kind of life are people living that that's all that they think about? He didn't wear a mask, so I hope the Bucs lose. It's not even about the tribalism of football anymore. It's some corrupted political ideology. It's like a religious zealism is what it is. Yeah, well, they tried to bring up the you know, the white the white thing, too. Like, you know, he doesn't deserve it because he's white. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter if, like, half the bucks are black or more. Like I said, the small group of minority people um, that are, you know, they're on their Twitter 24-7 doing these tweets. I honestly think they're paid by a certain groups. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to look more and more like that. I think, for sure. I mean, I mean, we've seen it years ago with YouTube and and the trolls on YouTube and everything else. Um, definitely being paid for a certain agenda to be forced well, on people. Well, I mean, I'm telling you what, Ryan. I mean, we've been covering this stuff for years and years. Uh, I talked to you a little bit on the phone. 
about this a few days ago. Uh, and we've covered a lot of dark things and a lot of different dark time frames in history. But uh, this last couple of years, and well, the last five, six years, it's, it's been dark. I mean, this is the darkest I've seen it. A lot of these, uh, with the COVID, with the lockdowns, with the, with these laws, um, with, uh, uh this transhumanism, with this, the transgender agenda, it's just gotten very, very bad. This woke culture, this teaching of communism in schools, indoctrination, uh, this militized, militized police force that we talked about years ago, uh, as you can see, uh, what's going on, the Portland, these riots, uh, these, uh, subservient groups, uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, uh, being paid, having actually camps in, uh, Portland where a guy filmed, uh, uh this, they had, uh, these huge, huge camps that were housing these rioters, which they would sleep in, in the daytime and go right at night. It's just, it's just, it's very, very dark times right now. Well, you know what? If you go back to that soccer team, what's the name of that woman again? Mega Megan Rapaponi, Rapapone. Yeah. Like okay. So, so the three women that that I would applaud. Um, I don't get why people can't have a conversation about this and they'll say, well, you just don't like women. Well, I'm perfectly fine with the other women on the team. This other girl is uh, a Marxist, so I don't like her. It has nothing to do with women. It has to do with you are either pro-human and you want to see everybody treated as equals or you're not. And that's the bottom line. That's where I draw the line in the sand. This, I don't know why this has to always be about people's gender or sex or the color of their skin. I'm tired of it, and I don't like men who want to go into women's dressing rooms and molest women and call it equality. That's not equality, you know? All right. Well, maybe women's soccer would be more popular if they were composed of uh, trans women. <laughs> Possibly so. Possibly so. <laughs> Possibly so, Mike. Well, you know what? Uh, we've skipped the first break tonight. Uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. My co-host, Mike D., is with us. We are leading off the Fringe FM Radiothon. Uh, the full Radiothon begins essentially at 11 a.m. in a few hours, really, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be the first show on if everything goes as planned. If you're listening to this show after the Radiothon, you can... Always go back into our archive at thesecretteachings.info and access it that way. Uh, the Fringe FM is doing this radiothon to help support the network. Uh, try to do something like this. Uh, it's like once a year. Uh, Joe Roop and others have uh, a lot more information on the details. Uh, it's Fringe FM forward slash donations if you'd like to help. Uh, they've already raised uh, a lot of the money that they needed, so that's fantastic. The radiothon hasn't even begun yet. Uh, but I wanted to promote that and let you know that if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. If you'd like to contact Mike, it's the same email. Uh, Mike has been with us for years. Mike, you were with us at the old college radio station. And uh, so many of the things that we discussed back then have more than come true, not as predictions, but as patterns that you can see evolve uh, and cycles of history that you can see unfold and repeat themselves uh, that I, I'm glad that I can talk to you this evening. And uh, so much of what we had discussed years ago uh, that made us sound honestly crazy 
is now an everyday talking point. It's an everyday part of life. Um, I'm glad that I've been able to share this with you, and, and, and I respect you as a friend, and I appreciate you always being there to, to talk about things that uh, you know have gotten us removed from radio networks and lost people friends and relationships, uh, and people like Mike have uh, stuck with us since the beginning. So, Mike, I want to thank you for that. Hey, no, thank you for letting me uh, actually, you know, voice my my opinion fact, uh, you know, opinion facts, uh, my views. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a ride. I mean, we, like I said, we've seen a lot of things come uh, to pass, and uh, you know, we're seeing the the uh, dark days here. Um, but uh, not to get too too dark, you know, but. Um, at the same time, you can't bury your head in the sand and say, these things aren't going on. I'm just going to, you know, do my new age chant and uh, the collective conscious of the universe will solve all these problems. <laughs> love and light. I, love wonder and light. George, I wonder if George Washington, I wonder if George Washington was thinking the same, you know, when uh, they had to actually fight the British, were they thinking, Oh, let's just, uh, let's put our, 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 our collective consciousness together. And you know, that will, that will get the villi- the British out of our, our, our homes, well, and our he, towns. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've read a lot of books of, uh, Valley Forge, uh, Yorktown, uh, George Washington didn't even fight. He just sat in his tent and he said, love and light, love and light, love and light. And he was, I think he was playing John Lennon's uh, imagine uh, at the time. <laughs> yeah. I think he was also getting donations at the same time for his, uh, his, uh, it's nonprofit, right? Yeah, oh, of course, of course. I mean, George Washington had a slick, uh, short pink hair. That's really what won the war. Uh, yeah, and he had the big fake white teeth, too. <laughs> Let me ask you one last question, Mike. We've got just a moment here. What do you think about this movie, Akira? Have you ever heard of this from the 1980s, 1988? Is that anime? It's Yep, it's one of the most expensive, well-done anime films ever made, 1988. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Just very briefly, because I want to talk to uh, and talk to everybody in the last hour, the final hour, the second hour of the show tonight about this in detail. Uh, the film is set in 2019. There's an Olympic stadium being built in Tokyo. The sign says 147 days left until the games, but below that sign, people graffitied it and said just cancel it. And it happens just so happens to be in 2020 when the games were postponed. 147 days out from the games, the mainstream media began calling to cancel the games. And uh, just a few days later, the Prime Minister of Japan canceled the games and postponed them to, well, this this week, uh, this week and next week, the, the couple weeks of the games here in uh, late July, early August. So it's kind of weird how movies like that seem to predict the future. Uh, and uh, it just could be a coincidence but it's very bizarre. You see that a lot in TV and, and Hollywood and, uh, you know, movies and TV shows and even in music videos. We've got a, less than about a minute, but you have any thoughts on that? Well, again, it could be a coincidence or, you know, or it could be something more sinister. I mean, we've seen that um, with the crosshairs on the Twin Towers. Um, I think it was that FEMA pamphlet or whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, all the, all the uh, Simpson stuff. Yeah. You know, Trump becoming Trump becoming president and all that kind of stuff. I think it's, I mean, there could be different could be something there for sure. So weird. Uh, we're going to talk about that when we come back on the secret teachings tonight's show game of podiums, Olympiad 451, a playoff of Fahrenheit 451, the burning of books. We're burning the old world to build the new Mike D 
my go uh, my good friend and co-host this evening. He's with us, Mike. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yes, stay strong, people. All right, Mike. You have a good night. Enjoy the Olympics. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Right, there goes Mike D. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, www.thesecretteachings.info. That's the website. Subscribe to the archive there. Check out fringe.fm forward slash donations to support the network for the Fringe FM Radiothon, officially beginning in a couple of hours. I'll be the first show on with Joe Roop at 11 a.m. Eastern time here on the Fringe FM. Stay with us. Lifting the veil and peering into the abyss should only be done with the proper tools. Get them right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And don't forget to download The Fringe FM app for free for your mobile device. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and soft cover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loudness measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. 
Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. You can download The Fringe FM app for free, also the Paranormal Radio app, and listen to us on TalkStream Live, among other platforms and streaming services. It's come to my attention a number of different times over the years that our show has been either ranked or it has been up on other websites that it should not be up on. If you want to find the official Secret Teachings Archive, it's only on our website. Same thing with my books. People like to rip the books off and people will buy books and then they'll try to resell them at super high prices. I don't know if they're trying to make money. They think I'm that popular. I don't think I am. Or they're trying to uh, discredit me or trying to assassinate my image to make it look like I'm ripping people off, charging $500 for a book, which is not the case. Everything is on the website at thesecretteachings.info. That's really the best way to buy and to subscribe and to check out what we have upcoming here on the show. And uh, I just, there's so many websites that uh, people have ripped my stuff off. Maybe I'm just, not really good at preserving my stuff. I don't know. It could be partly my fault. But I wanted to make that uh, statement tonight to start the second hour because it's it's become uh, ridiculous uh, how often it occurs. Uh, if you see that happening, if you, if you don't see something on the Fringe FM 
or you don't hear it on the Fringe FM, which I think is even worse, uh, please let me know at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. And don't forget, here in a few hours, 11 a.m. Eastern, July 24th, the Fringe FM Radiothon, which will be hosted throughout a 24-hour period by Joe Roop from Lighting the Void, will begin at about 11 a.m. Eastern with myself, and Joe should be on most of that show to help bring some funds into the network to help keep the network on air. The Fringe FM forward slash donations link will allow you to help. Every dollar counts literally. Please just donate a dollar, and uh, that will help uh, in ways that you might not think. Uh, We've already raised a lot of money, which is great. Uh, for the network, a few hundred dollars already before the event even began. So I think everything's going to go well, and there won't be any lapse in time that the network will be off air. See, here on the fringe, we don't have giant corporations or alternative media companies that promote everything that we do and stand behind us with these regulations and these policies that you can and can't say certain things and don't talk about that person because, you know, you might hurt their feelings. You know, uh, just over the years, I've, I've had conflicts with people uh, for calling them out. And I've been asked to apologize to those people for calling them out on something that they've done wrong or something that I guess you could argue was at the very least immoral or unethical. Uh, Take Jimmy Church, for example, when I called him out on his Malibu UFO base. And, of course, people that were my friends said, you shouldn't do that. That's not courteous. It's like, well, it's not courteous to make something up and lie to your audience either. You know, it's not friendly. It's not a good business practice to interview people like David Wilcock and then claim that despite the fact that you defended that person, claim that you were the one being ripped off, that you weren't ripping other people off. And then to tell networks that you won't work with them anymore, as Jimmy Church has, if you allow Ryan Gable and The Secret Teachings, or The Fringe FM for that matter, to be a part of your business. And it's just like, this is what people are focused on? You know, contrary to popular belief, not every radio host has an enormous ego. We all have egos, but not everybody radio has a giant ego. You know, I'm not concerned with being popular or famous. I don't look at rankings or statistics or anything unless somebody sends something to me to check out. I want to put on a good show. I want to share with you things that I found that I didn't know, things that are just incredible, th- things that you, you just don't hear on regular old podcasts or radio shows, uh, especially topics that branch outward or bridge the gap between the normal and the abnormal, between what we call reality and the abnormal or the paranormal, that, that bridge the gap between the physical world that we see and the world of the occult, of symbols that underlie and, and, and provide a, a meaning all to themselves, a language that for those able to learn the language, to, to read the words and the messages, you develop a second sight, if you will. 
you are able then to see beyond the physical, beyond the veil, into the other world, into the spirit world. And you begin to understand that there are those, whether they're trying to market a product to you or they're trying to sell you an idea, an ideology, whether they're at a university or whether they're in media or whether they work for somebody in media, whether they are part of some government or some non-governmental organization, it's just psychology. Uh, But they understand how the subconscious works. They understand how to implant ideas and thoughts into your head. And I understand this too. And it can be beneficial to ourselves to understand that so that we can work backwards through our own problems. But it's beneficial to understand this not just for ourselves, but so that we can help others see that there are unseen methods by which they are controlled, by which we are controlled. And they're not through the use of guns or fear tactics or threats or coercive persuasion, or even even behavioral modifications and behavioral nudges that, that the media and, 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 and medical authorities use to, to force you without forcing you into doing things that you otherwise wouldn't do. This language, this language of symbols, is something that once you understand it, allows you to see a whole nother world. And it doesn't always make sense because it's not necessarily based in logic. It's based in the fluidity and it's based in the the ideology, if you will. It's an idea. It's not something that can be quantified and and, and written down and and, and structured. The ideology that is the the subconscious, that, that when we see symbols that communicates to the subconscious and then that often directly, instantaneously filters into the conscious or it instantaneously, if it doesn't instantaneously do that, it does it shortly after by driving past uh, a, a, a sign that says, you know, burger and fries next exit. You weren't hungry, but because of the, the, the way that that sign was, was put up, the, the way that the letters were written and the way that that, that perspiration came down on the glass and the, the meat was smoking with the melted cheese, now you suddenly are hungry and you go get a sandwich. And when you saw that sign, you might have thought, well, I'm not really hungry. Five minutes later, suddenly you're really hungry. You're getting off the exit. The same thing happens, and it shouldn't be a surprise, when you're talking about events like the Olympics, where literally tens of millions of people, tens, 15, 20, I don't know how many millions of more people watch the Olympics than something like the Super Bowl. Uh, just millions and millions and millions of people tune into the Olympics. I don't know what it's going to be this year uh, in 2021, but I imagine, uh, as NBC is suspecting from one article I read, that this will be the most watched Olympics ever. And why? Well, because people are pretty much stuck at home, or they choose to be stuck at home. And as a result of that, guess what? They're going to be flipping on the TV, and what's the big thing what's the big event that's on television well it's the olympics so they're probably going to tune into that it'll probably be the most watched olympics ever so think about the millions of millions of people that pay attention that watch those games or watch anything for that matter watch the super bowl watch you know the popular tv show like stranger things i've had so many people tell me whether it's stranger things or even game of thrones you know any popular television show or any popular movie they say there's just there's something wrong about it i, I can't watch it and i say why 
Well, because it's, it's too popular. There's something wrong. Why are so many people suddenly infatuated with it? And I always agree with them. You're right. I, I usually watch those things for radio, but if it wasn't for radio, I wouldn't watch them. I wouldn't have watched Sweet Tooth if it wasn't for radio. I probably wouldn't have watched Stranger Things if it wasn't for radio because you're right. There's something wrong. There's something off. What it is, I don't know. I can't describe it logically per se. It's something that's almost illogical, but it does make sense when you understand it. And, and, and I'll give you an idea of, of what I mean by this. The 2021 Tokyo Olympics commenced just hours ago, yesterday morning. Tokyo's, what, 12, 13 hours ahead of the United States uh, here on the East Coast. So it's really, really, really uh, early in the morning that the uh, opening ceremony took place Friday. And this was after a year-long postponement because of, you know, so-called pandemic restrictions and things like that. So they commenced the opening ceremony, and the Olympics uh, officially begin. Now, protesters gathered outside of the Olympic Stadium, and they demanded that the event be canceled. You know, after spending $1.4 billion on a stadium and uh, basically reviving the promotions and the advertisements and the, the, the logos, people still wanted the games canceled. Even though there's nobody in the stadium, uh, Tokyo said there's no fans, just, you know, some medical staff and some people that represent, like coaches, people that represent some of the, 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 the participants, the athletes, and that's it. It's, it's a stale, it, it, predictably so, it'd be a stale, cold uh, uh, performance, uh, no matter how uh, incredible the performance might be by the individual or by the team, it's still kind of cold and stale because there aren't fans. And, and especially for something like basketball or hockey, a team sport with lots and lots of energy over a couple of hours, you, you kind of need a crowd there. I mean, if you watch the, the Stanley Cup finals with Tampa Bay and Montreal, uh, Tampa won in five games. And I really think, even though I, I followed Tampa Bay for years and I lived in Tampa and I'm, I, I like that they won the, the, the Stanley Cup, I just can't help but think it, it kind of seems unfair because Montreal has one of the most loud, uh, ruckus, uh, uh, intense fan bases of all sports, especially in hockey. It's, it's hard as hell to play in Montreal. But there's like they let 3,000 fans in. So what's the fun in that? That doesn't seem even that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fun. It just kind of seems like there should be an asterisk put next to, to the, the Stanley Cup championship this year. It seems wrong. And in the Olympics, even more so, you don't have fans coming from all over the world. You don't have you know French fans and American fans and fans from South America and Australia. Australians can't even leave their houses. And so, you know, while, while people are protesting the games, we want the game shut down. The opening ceremony unfolded in the same way that you would expect the games to to unfold. It's just kind of dull. I, I mean, I called it a dull demonstration of ritual. And, and it occurred in front of a mostly empty stadium. And, and what you basically saw were socially distanced, masked up athletes and trainers and doctors and, you know, teams. You saw uh, a, a sterile, almost operating room-like floor presentation just like white plain 
and you saw um, what looks like a ziggurat or a pyramid where they lit the the cauldron at the top. And uh, you had uh, some like some guy who was running on a treadmill and there was supposed to be a metaphor behind that about athletes training in their homes because of covid and, and that was really about it. And I'm, now I'm going to go back and watch the opening ceremony again. Uh, like the whole thing. I just saw bits and pieces of it because you can't find the whole thing yet until uh, until NBC airs it. I think they're going to re-air it here in like four or five hours uh, after this show. It'll be at like 7 a.m. Eastern on NBC or Peacock or wherever else. I think NBC and Peacock are going to re-air it. I don't know if you can find it elsewhere, but... You know, it'll be on YouTube later, but I, I, you can't really watch the whole thing. And it's kind of takes me back to the the London Olympics. Remember, they uh, they pulled the part of the London opening ceremony on U.S. television because they said Americans wouldn't understand it. And it's like, first, who are you to judge what Americans would or wouldn't understand? And second of all, even if Americans didn't understand it, wouldn't advertisers and others been been upset? You pulled one of the most watched, you know, rituals it, on television, it only happens every four years for the for the Summer Olympics, too, for the, the Winter Olympics. Why pull that? It, that See, that's something that always bothered me. And it, and now it's like you can't even watch the opening ceremony unless you were up early to watch it. Is it just because they want the advertising revenue through NBC? You know, or is it something more complex than that? Is it because people just analyze it and rip it apart every year? Or, or like every Super Bowl, every four years for the Olympics, every two years for the, for the Winter Olympics. What exactly was the reason? I'm just, I'm thinking all these things. And I didn't really see anything significant in the pictures I saw, except I just, is a stale, cold demonstration. So several Tokyo organizers who were going to be a part of, you know, the, the completed project uh, never got to really be a part of the project because they were let go. This year, either due to past jokes, some of those jokes as old as, uh, you know, 30 years, uh, the the Olympic Committee let go of a Kentaro Kobayashi. They said they let him go. He, I guess, resigned. He made some jokes in the 90s that people didn't like, and so they got rid of him. Kyogo Uyamada, a composer for the Tokyo Games opening ceremony, was also dismissed. Another one, Oyamada or Kiego um or not Keogo Yamato, uh, Hiroshi Sasaki uh, resigned after he made a joke about um, a plus-size Japanese entertainer. Yoshiro Mori, the president of the Tokyo Olympics, was forced to step down after he made a so-called sexist remark. So just the whole, you know, Olympic committee for the Tokyo Olympics either resigned, you know, or they were pushed out of their position. And I don't necessarily think that's why the, the opening ceremony was stale, but they were pushed out because of some political reason or cancel culture. So just putting all of this into perspective, I, I thought it was strange that Tokyo and, and the International Olympic Committee then simultaneously banned displays of racial or gender or political propaganda. They called it propaganda, which is what it is during main events. And you can still do it at press conferences, but they made they, so they banned all that. But then they used cancel culture to get rid of certain people in the Tokyo Olympic Committee that they didn't like or that made comments 30, 40 years ago that somebody today didn't like. And, and you know, while most athletes agreed that there shouldn't be any propaganda at the Olympics, just a handful, just a few, stated that they wanted to burn the American flag on the American side, wanted to burn the American flag. 
uh, a BMX rider who I don't believe even qualified to uh, participate, uh, but a BMX rider, famous BMX rider named Chelsea Wolf, said that she wanted to burn, she or he, I don't know what they even identify as, wanted to burn the American flag on the podium. I mean, if, if you say that in North Korea, they don't find your body. You say that in the so you said that in the Soviet Union. I'm gonna I'm going to go to the Olympics and I'm going to burn the Soviet flag. They would probably burn you at the Olympics. But no, you have the right to say that as an American and trash the flag and yet not have all your sponsorships and not have the country that you uh, perform for tell you to take a hike. America is really a horrible place, right? So while all that's happening and people are protesting, they don't really know why they're protesting. It's over. It's either over, you know, something to do with politics or something to do with gender or something to do with viruses. There's a lot of things happening that just kind of get overlooked. A lot of things that get overlooked. For, for example, some people are concerned over perceived social injustices. Others are concerned about virus restrictions. However, there's no mention that women for the first time in the history of the Olympics pretty much in the last few decades have had full and open range and 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 and, and just they can participate in anything there's a there's women's you know divisions there's women's uh specifically women's sports uh, for thousands of years women could not participate in the Olympics and now Anybody can participate in the Olympics. There's no mention of that. You talk about progression. That sounds very progressive to me. There's also no mention that although people are really, really concerned about Disability Awareness Month and the rights of the disabled, Paralympian Becca Myers, who's blind and deaf, had to drop out because Japan said, you can't bring someone to help you because you're deaf and blind. So political health technocracy like political health uh, technocrats get to determine who comes and who participates even if they're disabled you don't get a medical exemption for that you can die in your mask you can't breathe doesn't matter you can come to japan blind and deaf and try to find your way to the stadium through the protests or you don't come at all we don't give exemptions to people who can't see and can't hear and while that's happening, and all the protests over virus restrictions and people saying just cancel the games, save lives, you know that Japan and the world really is still dealing with a disastrous nuclear situation. You know, Fukushima, uh, that has had div uh, just devastating consequences for Japan and the rest of the world. And while you have... It seemed what what it seems like to me on the surface. You have these these tic tac topics. There there are real topics of substance underneath. Yeah, people are upset about some racially related thing. You know, you've got athletes like Chelsea Wolf, and you've got athletes like uh, uh, what's her name, Gwen something, Gwen Barry. And they're upset about national anthems and flags, but they can still participate and make money and, you know, be famous and all that. And, yeah, maybe they have a point. Maybe they're right. I don't know. But, but what I can tell I don't know about that. What I can tell you, though, is underneath of all that, nobody's concerned about Fukushima. Underneath all of that, 
Nobody's concerned about the, the, the weird underlying occult language that, that seems to be present and, and prevalent at Super Bowls and Olympic opening and closing ceremonies. I mean, I'm sure most of you remember the Rio Olympics and you remember the, the London Olympics and just the, I mean, I get it. You, you want to make people interested and you want to do kind of weird things like in Rio or in London, you know, that are culturally significant to the location. You know, so in Rio, they had dead bodies washing up on shore. And in London, they've got like, you know, the Queens there eating some kids and, you know, she changes to a lizard for the, ha- you know, if you don't remember seeing that, that I think that's on YouTube. The queen turns into a lizard during the opening ceremony. I'm just kidding. But, you know, they, it's cultural for the, for, the, for the place that the Olympics are taking place. And I guess, like, you could look at Japanese culture and you see how kind of strict and rigid it is. And maybe that's why the opening ceremony was kind of cold and, and very rigid and very strict. Uh, but there's something else that's, that's under the surface. Simmering underneath of all of this is, is this movie that came out in 1988. And, and yes, I wanted to spend this whole segment building up to this because it's important to have that background. In 1988, a Japanese anime came out called Akira. It had a budget of a billion yen. It is one of the most recognized anime films ever. Uh, it came out before all the Pixar movies, uh, Anime, obviously, is a little different than the computer-generated Pixar stuff. But, I mean, it, it's, we think of Toy Story as groundbreaking. Akira, Akira was, was just, I've never even seen the whole movie. I've seen bits and pieces of it even before I watched some more of it today. But Akira is just a masterpiece. Now, the guy who did it, Kut Suhiro Otomo, is considered like uh, an anime genius. This guy is like uh, an anime god. And uh, it's based on a graphic fiction anime. And the movie was released in 1988. And I think that Hollywood is producing one that is going to come out either this year or next year. This movie, get this, was set in 2019 Neo-Tokyo. And in the movie, it's, it's, there's a lot more going on than this, but in the movie, kind of in the background, and they show you scenes of it, the Olympic Stadium is being constructed because the Olympics were going to take place in Tokyo in 2020. Now, you could say, well, maybe the Tokyo uh, and the Japanese uh, Olympic groups said, well, this movie came out in the 80s and they predicted in 1920, not predicted, but they basically said in 1920, this was the theme and the time period of the movie. That in 1920, this is where the Olympics would be. So maybe the Japanese government said, "Let's let's can we have it here because of that?" And maybe it it was that simple. It's not time travel or predictive programming, but they have it there. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, even if the Japanese government was able to get the Olympics because of this Akira movie, which was so groundbreaking in the 80s, and having the Olympics in the movie take place in 2020 Tokyo. Uh, it can't explain all of the other components of the film that are just kind of bizarre in relationship to the actual Olympics and the postponement of the 2020 Olympics into 2021, considering that in the movie, the 2020 Olympics, people were calling for them to be canceled. And they were being canceled 147 days. That's what the sign said in the movie, 147 days um, until the games began, and people wrote in graffiti, just cancel it. And, and I did some research, and I found that 147 days 
before the Olympics last year, people started calling to cancel the Olympics. And the Japanese Prime Minister, Abe Shinzo, did just that, canceled the Olympics and postponed them till 2021. So it just kind of makes you think. It's definitely not time travel. I don't know where people get the idea of time travel. There are reasonable, logical things that can explain why movies like Akira seem to predict the future. I'm not sure why, but I want to share the explicit details of it when we come back from this short break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. And there's a lot more in this last segment. Please don't go anywhere. You'll regret it if you do. Stay with us. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. It's like you're all working for the same guy. 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com is the email, and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings is the social media page. Right now, July 23rd into the 24th, depending on where you're listening, 2021, the Olympics are underway. They were supposed to take place in 2020. They were, of course, postponed until 2021. And I found out something about the Olympics that, beyond the social justice components of it, where there are like five people that are concerned with social justice and everybody else just wants to play the game, and where you have people that are also concerned over social distancing and masking and vaccines and they want the Olympics to be canceled still in the middle of the Olympics. They want the Olympics to be canceled because they say that it's it's killing people. Uh, despite the irony of that, when you have large groups of people not social distancing trying to cancel the Olympics in a larger crowd than is inside the stadium where there aren't people allowed because of those restrictions. Uh, beyond that, Fukushima is uh, apparently just not going to be brought up or discussed by anybody because it's you know the Japanese government's prerogative to conceal the ongoing nuclear disaster. And uh, you can look at the undercurrent of that as a macrocosm. I, I think you can look at uh, the symbolic undercurrent, uh, um, I guess you could call it a microcosm or switch that. Uh, Fukushima could kind of be a microcosm and the macrocosm could be the occult significance of the 2021 Olympics. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. There's a movie that came out in 1988. It's called Akira. The film is set in 2019. The Olympic Stadium is being built in Tokyo with a sign that says there were 147 days left until the Games. Graffiti was placed below that sign. It read, just cancel it. It also just so happens to be that 147 days prior to the 2020 Olympic Games, the real modern games, news outlets began calling to cancel the games. And a few days after that, March 2020, the Prime Minister of Japan did just that. So even though the games continue in 2021, and even though they have a, a striking uh, resemblance to this 1988 movie, they, they still lack a, a flair and an energy that you would find in most sports. And uh, this alone shows that once again, uh, even the bread and circuses of the old world are no longer viable. They're no longer useful. And they're to be burned on the cauldron, on the altar of the new gods. The original Olympics were held in honor of the god Zeus, and they date back, the first written record at least, dates back to 776 B.C. when a cook named Koro Ebus won the only event, a 192-meter foot race called the Stade, to become the first Olympic champion. Stade is where the word stadium comes from. In February of 2020, on the 26th, the Prime Minister of Japan, Abe Shinzo, urged the closing of schools, companies, and shutting down sporting events. This was 2020, last February. 
people were calling for the Olympics to be postponed because of, quote-unquote, COVID. March 24th of 2020, the Prime Minister, Abe Shinzo, decided to postpone the 2020 Olympics. Now, on February 26th, if you take the 26th of February and you count the days up to July 24th, which was when the 2020 Olympics were supposed to begin, it's 149 days. 149 days, just two days short of the 147 days mentioned in the Akira movie. So a lot of people online have been saying, look, 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 it's 147 days. And that's what all the YouTube videos say, and that's what you'll find on, you know, internet blogs. It's not the case. It's 149 days. So if you're going to do conspiracy uh, and you're going to do synchronicity, you need to do it right, and you need to check the math again. Uh, I triple-checked it to make sure, and from the 26th to the, uh, of February to the 24th of July, it's 149 days. Now, that might not seem, you know, significant or relevant. Fine, it doesn't have to be. What's relevant is that the Prime Minister urged the closing of schools and sporting events and companies on the 26th. It was on the 28th, exactly 147 days, just like the movie Akira. It was on the 28th of February 2020 that the mainstream media began calling to cancel the games, just like the graffiti written underneath of the sign on the still-being-constructed Olympic Stadium in 2019, Neo-Tokyo, the sign said 147 days left until the games, and underneath of it, it said, just cancel it. That's what people were writing. Now, people have been calling for a year to not only postpone the games, but to cancel them entirely. In fact, there are uh, uh, fundraiser websites, and there are petition websites, and there are just you know regular opinion pieces in the news, and social media, uh, people concerning themselves with the Olympics, where, again, there are no spectators, you know, except for the coaches and a few staff members. There's, there's no, the, the larger audience is outside of the games protesting it. The, the larger audience is gathered together at home with their friends uh, and their family watching it on television. They are or streaming it online. They're not at the actual game. So I don't know how people are dying at the Olympics, but people actually believe this. You know, it's just like was the average American believes that 500 million people have died of COVID. There aren't even 500 million people in the United States, you know, or it was like 400 million or so, four to 500 million. And it's like, you know, that there are like 330 million people in the country. And uh, not even a million people have died, okay? They can't even identify more than a few thousand that actually died of anything but heart disease, cancer, diabetes, stroke, etc. So that's just that shows you how easy people's minds can be warped just through propaganda and through fear. So I mean, the biggest the biggest threat is really if you're worried about you know viruses, the biggest threat are the people that want to cancel the event. It's kind of ironic because the, uh, the movie Akira, uh, where, where you see this graffiti written below the Olympic sign that says just cancel it, is kind of indicative of cancel culture itself. 
And ultimately, the last thing that cancel culture cancels is itself. You cancel everything, and you end up being canceled as well. And the driving force that you used, or that used you, rather, to cancel everything was really just using a a so-called grassroots movement or a perceptually grassroots movement to cancel and to shut down any competition and any dissent. And then at the end, the cancel culture gets canceled too. I think it's kind of ironic that the people protesting the games have bigger audiences and bigger, uh, you know, bigger get-togethers than the people that are actually in the games, which are uh, zero. There's no audience. Maybe they missed that memo. Katsuhiro Otomo's Akira was released in 1988, and, and, and it essentially portrays these key characteristics of what's happening today and what happened in 2020. Now, in the movie, the stadium is built atop a secure cryogenic storage unit that holds the remains of the Akira, which is what the movie is named after, uh, an Akira or uh, a psychic with godlike abilities. In this case, it's like a psychic child with these abilities that has the, the power to destroy Tokyo. Uh, as in the movie had been done in uh, 1988, which is the year the movie came out, but it took place at the time in the future in 2019 when the Olympic Stadium was being built for the 2020 Games. So it deals with literally like an apocalyptic end-of-the-world scenario where Tokyo, Japan, is obliterated, and that kind of sets the, 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 the theme and the environment of the movie. Now, I think it's interesting that the stadium was built for a hun- uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, $1.4 billion, I think was the final estimate they came out to. That's a lot of money. And people have rightfully been saying, you know, COVID-19 or not, billions of dollars could have gone to other things. Now, nobody in Japan that I saw, because they'd probably be arrested, nobody in Japan said that $1.4 billion could have went toward Fukushima cleanup. Nobody said that. <laughs> Who's Japanese anyway? Um, some people in the U.S. have said that, and you know, people online have said that. Uh, I think the $1.4 billion could have maybe went to, to Fukushima cleanup, but I, I don't see the need to build a giant stadium uh, every four years or every two years, depending on when the, where the games are held. But that's what the Japanese government did, and they did it because the games were supposed to be symbolic of a recovering world, one that was going to be recovering to its original state, not to a new normal. So the, the, the Olympics have been referred to as the recovery Olympics. The recovery Olympics were recovering from this disaster, which is basically what the Akira film is based in, an apocalyptic uh, Neo-Tokyo in 1988 that's been uh, destroyed in the past. And it's, this, is, this is decades in the future, in 2019, uh, this apocalyptic setting where the Olympic Stadium is being built and where you have all of these synchronistic connections to 2020 and 2021. Now, you might say, well, you're stretching for all these connections. And you're right. Uh, there's probably some stretching involved. Uh, my point is not to prove to you something. My point is to point out these interesting synchronicities. And, and, and I'm sure that, because I'll do another show on this, this is just my initial analysis of, of what I've seen. This uh, is just my uh, initial observation 
I'm sure there's a lot more, and I'm sure that there are so many listeners that will send me stuff that is going to blow my mind, and I encourage you to do that at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. But I just find it interesting. It's 147 days in the movie, and people are saying cancel the Olympics. 147 days in 2020, until the start of the Olympics that were postponed, People started saying in media, let's cancel the Olympics. That Those were headlines. Forbes magazine, February 28th, 2020. 147 days out from the Olympics, cancel the games. And those calls for cancellation went beyond a year up until right now, you know, during the actual games, people are still protesting and saying cancel the Olympics. And just a few days after calls to cancel the Olympics began in 2020, Abe Shinzo, the Japanese prime minister, decided to postpone the games. And they they continued with the construction of this big stadium and uh, were planning on having fans. And now there's no fans. And the opening ceremony, from what I saw of it, looked exactly like, you know, a few previews of some of the the sports, you know, and, and some of the images inside the stadium. It just looked bland, stale, boring. Uh, I kind I kind of think of it like it looks like a doctor's office. It's just kind of cold and uninviting. And maybe that's the whole point. You know, the whole apocalyptic scene in Akira is kind of cold and uninviting. And, and the 2020-2021 Olympics in Tokyo are kind of cold and uninviting. And in the movie Akira... 147 days prior to the games, people had graffitied on the stadium uh, board where the sign was to cancel the game. And so they graffitied, just cancel it. And 147 days prior to the actual 2020 Olympics, people began to call. Forbes magazine was one of a number of articles I found on the 28th of February, 147 days out from July 24th, 2020. They were calling to cancel the games. And then the Japanese prime minister went ahead and did just that. Post canceled them for 2020, postponed them to 2021. And so they're they're kind of stale, they're cold, they're uninviting, they lack this flair, they lack this energy of, of, of a true sport. And you go back and look at all the images and the videos of past Olympics, and, and it's it's nothing. Like those, I mean, and, and maybe that's kind of the point, uh, because the, the the bread and circuses of the old days, you know, your gladiator sports, your football, your basketball, your your hockey, your MMA, these things are no longer. They're like legacy sports, is what they are. They're like legacy media. Legacy media has to be done away with. Legacy travel, you know, airplanes and cars. This is all the legacy. Legacy, uh, the past has to be done away with. Uh, this is what the World Economic Forum says. No more, no more uh, uh, of the past. You know, no more of the, the ideas and the culture and the habits and the customs. We have to get rid of those four olds. We have to build back better. We have to build a new world on the ashes of the old world. But we have to build that world, a world in which you will own nothing and you will love it. You'll have microchips in your brain, Klaus Schwab says, where, where you will have... Uh, no control over your life, and, and you'll love it, basically. You will be a servant to the state. You won't be a servant to some 
politically correct social justice group, those groups will be exterminated in the end. Those groups are just used like red guards to obtain power for the real elite that operate outside of the public view. Those groups will be done away with, and then the powerful elite that finance and funded and, 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 and organized the revolution will be in power and will be in charge. And uh, perhaps no other authoritarian system, um, especially a technocratic authoritarian system, no other authoritarian system than a, 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 an atheistic, communistic, Marxist system is so cold and uninviting, is so bland and so drab, it's so one-size-fits-all. And if you don't fit into that category, there's no place in society for you. And, and that's just kind of the feeling I get from the opening ceremony and uh, you know the pictures and the, the people protesting and this synchro-mystical connection to this 1988 Japanese movie, Akira, that effectively predicted the 2020 Olympic postponement and, and, and this kind of apocalyptic feel in the movie Akira is, although the world is not in ruins physically, uh, economically and socially and psychologically, the world looks like the ruins in Akira. It, it, it has that feel to it. You get that feel when you turn on the news, when you watch TV, when you listen to the radio, when you talk to people, friends, family people that pass you by. It's kind of the feel you get. But see, people also are done with that. And they want to go not to a new normal, but they want to go back to the old normal. They, they want to go to the legacy system. But some people don't want to go even back to the old methods of control, which are legacy systems of control, legacy bread and circuses. Bread and circuses aren't good enough anymore. Going to a hockey game, going to a, you know a football game, that's not good enough. Now you can't have fans, and if you do, they're cardboard or they're some digital cutout. You can't have that. The bread and circuses of the old world have been burned. The books have been burned. The ideas, the culture, the habits, and the customs have been burned. The cauldron has been lit on the altar, not of Zeus, but of the new gods. And although I did a show a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I called it Light a Torch, Extinguish a War, about how the International Olympic Committee had banned political and racial, racial and in their own words, political, racial, gender propaganda based on what an overwhelming majority of the athletes, male, female, black, white, etc., didn't want that to be part of the Olympics. They train their whole lives, and their, or at least they've trained most of their life to get there, and they wanted to perform and hopefully win a medal and, and represent their country. That's, that's what the athletes themselves said. And so I did this show hoping that the Olympics would be void of all that. And, and then we hear that there's not going to be any fans and people are protesting it. No, no Olympics save lives. Don't have the Olympics. We, I, I read one article that said we shouldn't be focused on the Olympics. We should be focused on COVID. Well, it's like that's, that's kind of the whole point of, of having the Olympics despite people's perception of what's happening in the world with the so-called pandemic. 
you want to have the Olympics. You want to unite the world. You want to bring people together. You want to see pure sport. I mean, the stuff that these athletes do is incredible. I, you know, I, I couldn't even, I can't even do it in my brain. Like, imagine it, let alone go and physically do something like this. I want to watch these people. I don't care if it's ballet or it's shooting or it's basketball. I want to watch that. I, a lot of people want to watch that. Tens of millions of people from countries all over the world want to watch that. That's the point. And so we want to bring the world together and we want to, we want to get rid of injustice and inequality. And yet, an event like the Olympics that should do all of those things naturally just for the pure fun and entertainment of it, uh, for just the pure, actual uniting of the world with the, 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 the classic Olympic rings, uh, you want to cancel it. You want to shut it down. That doesn't make any sense. It's just kind of, I had this idea to do a show on the morality versus the amorality of people who believe that family structures are good and people that believe family structures are bad. And I thought, if, if you don't want people to have kids, you want to reduce the number of people who have kids, you should promote a family structure. You should promote traditional male-female husband-wife relationships because in those relationships, people normally don't have more than a couple of kids on average. But when you promote promiscuinity, you promote... Uh, you know, sexuality that's hy- that's just a hyper version of sexuality and, and you d- d- just demean the male and the female and everything is reduced to like this explicitness and this extremism. Uh, you promote uh, fatherless and motherless children and, and broken households and psychological problems and suicide and, and depression. And, and you promote more children who who are born as a result of not having a structure and there being you know no sense of morality no code no no guideline and then you realize well it's not really about freedom uh, or sexual choice it's really about creating a culture where the sacredness of sexuality is demeaned and that's what George Orwell wrote about in 1984 he said they will eliminate the pleasures of sex even for recreation And that's what they're doing with sports. They are eliminating sport, even for pure bread and circus entertainment. And they're turning it into a cold, sterile, doctor's office-like environment where everything is being dumped into the Olympic cauldron to be burned on the altar, not to Zeus, but to the new gods. That is the Olympiad 451. The Game of Podiums. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for listening this evening. Friday night, July 23rd into the 24th Saturday. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM because at 11 a.m. Eastern, I'll be on again live. You can call in and talk to me for The Fringe FM Radiothon with Joe Roop. 11 a.m. Eastern on The Fringe FM. And if you're listening later, long after the Radiothon, Check us out at www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the archive. Grab a copy of one of my books. When you subscribe for one year, you get access to the archive, the montages, the digital books, and you get a physical copy of one of those books, Occult Arcana Food Philosophy and the Technological Elixir. Uh, I even have in the Technological Elixir uh, an analysis of uh, some of the past Super Bowl ceremonies, and uh, I think I might have put some stuff about the Olympics in there as well. So that's a kind of a topical book. Uh, In terms of symbolism, check out Occult Arcana. And if you haven't seen this movie, Akira, something might want to go check out. 
Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Gable at yahoo.com is the email. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Check us out on the Fringe FM Radiothon and enjoy the Olympics if you watch them. But don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on the Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.